long-awaited uh, return of a game at dinner. This is episode 10, the 11th episode. Now, I'm just going to put this to bed real quick because me and Lee bicker like an old married couple about this every time we record. He's like, so what What episode is it? I, I don't get it. Why, why is it like this? We did a pilot episode that yeah. we never removed off the stream called episode 00. And if you're on something like iTunes, you'll notice that iTunes labels it as episode 1 because it is. It's the first episode. But it's numbered 00 in our numbering system. So yep. right now, zero is a number. we're in episode 10, but it's actually the 11th episode that we've released. So, boom, there you go. We're going to do this every Finally. week. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to be discussing how important it is for the lore of any fantasy setting uh, to have discrepancies within their historical um, world. So, essentially, we're going to be talking about the account at Red Mountain, Vivek's account, Dagather's account, and the Ashlander's account. And how these differing viewpoints make the story so interesting. Um, so I'm going to start off by talking a little bit about Vivek's account, which is really crazy because you realize at some point that this guy is actually around like 3,500 years old. Okay. Now there are some Dunmer, interestingly enough, that are actually older. I think the Vaith Fear or whatever his name is, is, uh, like 4,000 years old. So that guy's actually older than the Tribunal, which is pretty insane to think about. <laughs> right, yeah, I actually never think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so Vivek actually brings up his account, and he says that they didn't betray Nerevar, um, that he actually died of grievous wounds, and that, um, he made them vow to them not to uh, ever use the heart of Lorcan or the tools that Kagranak, high tonal Lord Kagranak, created. Um, and he made them swear on Azora to never use these these tools. Well, we all know that he ends up breaking that, and they actually do use the tools. Azura appears. She goes, "Wow, I can't believe you did this. I'm going to turn all your skin the color of ash, and your eyes are going to be red to represent your demonic nature." Um, of course, the Ashlander accounts claim that Vivek, Almalexia, and Sothasil actually killed Nerevar, that he wasn't mortally wounded in his war uh, with the Dwarf King, or Dwemer King, and that, I think, what they say, Vivek used um, some type of poetry, enchanted poetry that was poisoned, Sothasil used poisoned robes, and Almalexia used some other thing. I think like incense or something. And they actually killed Nerevar. That's what um, they're all claiming. And where I'm going with this and, and why I'm talking about these discrepancies is because I think it actually it lends a certain realism to the fantasy world. Because in our own real world, we have a bunch of conflicting accounts with what happened in history. I mean, you can go and look at the Roman era, era with their, their use of lead pipes. And you'll have one guy saying, this is what caused the downfall of their civilization. And then you'll have another guy saying, no, that's not what it is. I've got evidence right here saying that. And the other guy's like, no, I've got evidence right here. And so I think that it just, 
the fact that Morrowind kind of achieves this certain level of uh, historical discrepancies in its lore is a part of what sets it apart from other fantasy games. It's, in my opinion, what makes it so good is they they hit on that because you never really know. And the truth Who's is right about it. Right, exactly. And the truth <laughs> is, is that like real, real history is messy. No, there's no two stories that are exactly the same. And while you might have people that agree, you know, nobody disagrees that say, you know, going back to the Roman Empire example, like no one disagrees that the Roman Empire collapsed. Like mm-hmm. no one's going to argue that that happened at one point. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, yeah, it did. But as far as the causes of it, of course you're going to have discrepancies on that because. A lot of evidence might pile up for this reason, but another reason might have just as much compelling evidence. <laughs> God, what a bitch. A um, fucking cat. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I like to always think about Dan Carlin's Hardcore History podcast, and if you haven't listened to it, like, please do yourself a favor. Uh, the latest 10 episodes are always available for download on his website or on iTunes. Um, they are not light listening like seriously they're hardcore fantasy lore no not fantasy lore it's well it's history it's dan carlin's (laughs) hardcore history podcast but he Mm -hmm. has different he has oh you're not talking about uh you're thinking of uh the elder lore podcast oh okay okay which uh i know a lot of listeners of our (laughs) podcast uh enjoy Mm -hmm. uh but the gentleman who puts that together has been inactive for so so this dan guy actually does it's like real history, real world yeah, history. Yeah, but okay. you're gonna have to go and fucking. It sounds listen like to this I need shit. to listen to it because I need like know. <laughs> he dissects history like nobody's fucking business, man. Uh, for example, he had he has like five episodes that are between you know one to two hours long, all on the beginning of World War One. That's crazy. Just the path that led down to World War One. Hmm. He's got five episodes that are each one to two hours long about uh, Genghis Khan. Uh, It's freaking fascinating. And when he's doing his podcast, he actually cites opposing historical accounts often just to show you that history is not a matter of romance. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's not something that you can say like, ah, you know, Genghis Khan, he was a glorious and wise leader because he did all these wonderful things, and he was able to conquer China. Are you telling point. me about this? And then there's another guy saying, "Yeah, the bodies were piled so high in the city that like you couldn't even see the sun, and people were just getting raped out in the streets." Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> people have a tendency to like romanticize history, which, in one aspect, is is okay. You know, I mean, it's not the end of the world. That's what we do as human beings. Is like we kind of add these like grandiose like head narratives to them right like we have our own little like head cannon we we put people on pedestals we do you know i was thinking about it the other day uh for world war ii you know it's like i've i've come to like really respect dwight d eisenhower as a historical figure because he's freaking fascinating you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like he was supreme commander of the allied effort in europe (gasps) and and it's like so much of the weight of responsibility for whether or not like the D-Day invasion mm-hmm. went down properly was on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, even, I mean, I don't think he was necessarily the mastermind of it. I think it was like a British, like naval. Well, it was definitely, it was, but... it was a collaborative effort between the allies. Like yeah. everyone was talking about what to do, you know? Yeah. 
But it's fascinating because it's like, you would think, oh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, like a fierce warrior, right? Well, no, before World War II, he'd never even, like, he'd never seen gun fired at another person. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he had never seen that. He had never been in combat before. Yet, here he was, Supreme Commander of the Allies. Having to deal with all this. And he, yeah. And then afterwards, you would think, like, oh, well, he learned his lesson. Violence is the only answer to, you know, deal with people yeah. like the Nazis. No, he was the exact opposite. I wouldn't say he was a pacifist, but he's always quoted as saying, like, you know, every every bullet fired and every tank bomb dropped is a theft from people who are hungry and go without food yeah. and people who are cold and, and go without And he was the clothes. one that warned, I'm pretty sure, against the military-industrial complex, right? Uh, he was the one that made that address. Pro- yeah, he was a big yeah. proponent of, or a big advocate against it. Yeah. Uh, so, there you go. I don't want to derail this too much, but uh, speaking of fantasy, though, I, I, want, I wanted to touch base because the reason that this was so prevalent in our minds is, A, because of a few questions that people sent, uh, which we won't go into detail now about. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was just reading Patrick Rothfuss's name of the wind mm-hmm. or well, rather the King killer Chronicles as a whole. I'm on the second book now and I've read them before, but going through the main character at one point is trying to solve a mystery that's mm-hmm. steeped in his, in, in history. And he thinks the answer lies in history books. Yeah. He, he essentially gets attacked by the boogeyman. Yeah, that's that's what he has to tell people, and they're just like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why he just doesn't fun, fucking tell people. Yeah, uh, because every time he he delves into it, people are just like, yeah, like we don't want you looking into fairy tales. Like that's just a waste of your time. But in the second book, he, uh, him and his friends make a make a bet with each other that they can go into the library and they could find a history book that sets one of them right. Uh, and so they go into the library, they start digging, and it takes weeks, but they manage to find uh, accounts of what happened. One person finds a book that says that their idea was right. The other person finds a book that says their idea was right. And they're like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. You think this book, and they name it, and it may as well have been like, the definitive the definitive history of blah, blah, blah. You know, like, because that's what they were regarding it as. They're like, yeah. this is the history book. Mine's right. And then the guy goes, what? That's not right. Because I have the definitive yeah. history book. Written by this guy. They have the same books, though. Yeah. That was the thing, is they have the same exact books with different accounts in them. What? That happened in, in Name of the Wind? In Wise Man's Fear. In Wise yeah. Man's Fear. Which is, what sets, which is what sets Quoth down on the path that he does at the, at, in that book. But the point being is that no matter... What? You will have differing history. Me and Lee could have been at the same exact event. And we'll have different and accounts. And we'll have different accounts. God, she's Thanks, Luna. so annoying. Fuck, you are I'm annoying. That's a damn cat. Oh, Rhett's damn geez. cat. I wasn't trying to crush her if you heard that. I was, <laughs> I was just petting her really hard. <laughs> she mouths at everything. Go away. Um, anyway. But where we're going with this I'm is interested. That... What? What were you going to say, Rhett? <laughs> I don't know. I just I just want to hear you talk about... Uh, I, yesterday, dude, you had like some fire in your belly over this Vivek thing. I want to know this. Well, I, I was do you talking believe, to... Do you believe that Vivek be- believes that he's right when he says that? Like, he's like, yeah, we didn't betray Nerevar. Or do you think he's just trying to like... He's like, yeah, we didn't betray Nerevar because I feel like shit about it and I don't want people he to... He did? Okay. 
at some point, he basically does say, yeah, we betrayed Nerevar. In order to become gods, we had to, because we did make a vow. He says that in his account. We made a vow to this guy that we would never use these tools to gain divinity. Do you think that they killed him, though? Um, I don't know. What's Dagathurst say? I that's something I'm trying to remember right now. Is I should have read it last night. I know there's like so uh, much. I'm like, I'm gonna prepare for this podcast, and then I. Just I'm pretty sure Dagoth. Um, basically, Dagoth's claim. I'm I'm pretty sure. Nerevar told him to guard the tools. This is something that is in every account. It's in the Ashlander account, and it's in Nervar the Vex account. Nerevar told Dagoth Ur. To guard the tools. And it was Dagoth Ur who first went to Nerevar, because they were really good friends, and said, Hey, High Tonal Lord Kagranak is building a god in their image, and they're going to use this heart to power it. Like they're deceiving us. <laughs> and Nerevar's like, no way. Uh, the, uh, what was it? What's his name? The, the Dwemer King. Uh, Dwarf Orc. Uh, Dumok Dwarf Orc, I think is his name. Uh, Nervar and him have kind of this, you know, shaky truce going on. And Nervar goes over there and he's like, hey, dude, is this, is this actually happening? Are you guys building this? And Dwarf Orc is just like, holy shit, how dare you come in here and accuse me of this? All the while, um, Kegrenak's kind of standing in the back and he's like, well, this is fucking definitely happening because I'm doing it. Um, so it's actually kind of left, no one actually, they never address whether or not, uh, the king of the Dwemer actually knew about it in the end. But Dagoth was told to guard the tools by Nerevar. I'm like almost positive that that happened. Um, what's disputed is whether or not he used them. They don't really, they don't really know. They're like either it was just him holding them and being around them kind of like drove him crazy. And maybe he did use it kind of like the one ring thing. Right. Cause I mean, if you use those items without Wraith guard, in Morrowind, it just kills you. Yeah. So, who knows what he did with it? But in the end, he claims that Amalexia, Sothasil, and Vivek came back, and they were like, give me those tools. And he was like, where's our king? And they were just, they said, oh, he died of grievous wounds. And he didn't believe him. He's like, no, I'm not going to give you these tools. I Nerevar told me to do this, and I'll relinquish the tools to them. Or to him. Yeah. So they get in a fight. Like it's, it's those three versus Dagoth. And they drive him away. And supposedly he doesn't die. Um, but according to him, he was just a guy trying to do the right thing caught in total bullshit. <laughs> Fucking Dagoth Earth. Oh, he yeah. would say that. Like, what a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, to an extent, I it kind of... It sounds like that. Even in Vivek's account... He doesn't really make Dagoth sound like a villain. He's just like, yeah, we came back and we didn't really know what was happening to him. We think the tools kind of made him bonkers. So, in the end, I kind of have this deal where I I think Dagoth is... I think he was actually trying to do the right thing the whole time. And I think uh, Vivek, Amalexia, and Sothasil, if they did come back and drive him away from the tools... Um... <clears throat> I think he was just trying to follow orders and that he didn't know what to do. Well, you can sort of see then, like, the the braid that these, like, three accounts create, almost. Like, yeah. where it's like, they all serve, like, 
they all serve, like, a general truth, which is just, like, what happened. You know, it's like... Clearly they use the tools. Yeah. Clearly Dagoth was... He was the one told to guard them. Okay? So he did. Uh, And clearly... (coughs) um, There was some sense of betrayal that happened. But you never really know the answer. I mean, you can read those accounts over and over and over again... You could get ten people to do it, and they're all going to fucking come and tell you what they think happened. Yeah. And that's what makes it so freaking great in the end. When you actually read those accounts, you go, this feels so real. It feels like an actual historical account. Yeah. They're not just telling you, this is what happened. You're the hero. You're the best. Go save the world. <laughs> like, Bonnie Stinson, Bonnie Stinson, <laughs> he's so awesome. <laughs> wow. <sighs> you know. Like in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I know. Uh, the yeah. show based on Morrowind. <clears throat> what? What? Everything's based on Morrowind, Lee. Everything? Yep. Right, you haven't drank enough. I, I'm working on it. <laughs> By the way, as always, listener, we are drinking uh, the Pyramid... Outburst IPA. Outburst IPA. It's good. Uh, the official beer of the A Game at Dinner podcast. And uh, if you have never tried one, you should. I can't say... That I'm a huge fan of IPAs because I'm not, but there's something about a nearly nine percent IPA that just does the heart good. It's true, isn't that like eight and a half percent? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I said nearly nine. Yeah, that's true. Rounding up, bitch. Yeah. Uh, also, it's really cheap for how strong it is. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, that's, it's like three bucks for two fifty, th- right? Well, two ninety nine at the place that I went to. Quick stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quick stop sucks. Yeah, it's it two fifty at the Mount Angel Deli. Oh shit! I need to go there then. That's what we you you used to do when you were coming to my old house, and you'd stop in there and it was like two fifty. <sighs> Dude, I, I haven't there, driven like, there since you've lived here in a while because I used to do that right, all the time. Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, time to go to Rats, and I just start driving to Mount Angel. <laughs> <laughs> but you live in Silverton, so something else I want to talk about before we run out of time is Vivek letting the stone fall on the city. Um, so, after all the stuff happens in Morrowind, you start playing Skyrim and you hear, Yeah, uh, Baldur, that big stone held over Vivek City fell, and it caused the eruption of Red Mountain. Which... Uh, did you say when you're playing Skyrim? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I thought you said something else. Yeah, you don't, you, they don't, you don't hear about that shit in Morrowind. Yeah, it's way, It's years yeah. later. Well, you know, um, where were you when the dragon broke, bitch? Yeah, seriously. I don't know. In some temporal flux somewhere? Like, who the fuck knows, dude? <laughs> where Red Mountain's erupting for eternity? Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. So, <clears throat> anyway, Vivek, um, this is another incident, incident of uh, conflicting accounts. So, after this, Vivek f- flees um, his own city that he made. In fact, he's only the... he's the only living member of the tribunal to still be alive. Um, and there are some people saying he's just on the run. There's some saying that he's actually been kidnapped by Daedra, which would make sense because he's pretty much public enemy number one at this point of the Daedra. And I'll explain why he is after a little bit. But I, at first, when I heard that Baldur fell on the city, I was kind of like, wow, Vivek, you kind of, you are a fuck. Why would you do this? And I may have been on the Morrowind subreddit. Someone was talking about something, and they said how he may have actually let the stone fall because he wanted people to stop believing in the tribunal as the true gods of Morrowind. In other words, they needed to let go. Yeah. And he knew that. So he was like, this will be the nail in the coffin. If my city is destroyed, 
no one will worship me anymore. Because he kind of has... He, he's, he's pretty altruistic in the end. He's willing to give up his divinity. He's willing to help the Nerevar, like, destroy everything that they built. You know? As far as, you know, and I gotta, I gotta chime this in mm-hmm. real quick, but as far as, like, characters in, like, a fantasy setting, like, whether it's a book or something, like, Vivek is, like, one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, me too. Like, he's he's in, like, so my interesting. Top five. Well, yeah. isn't he... He's not even... He's not a male or female. He's, like, both yeah, at the same time. Yeah. He's a hermaphrodite or whatever, yeah. which is so crazy. And it makes sense, because, yeah, I mean, he's essentially... He came close to finding... Uh, what do you call it? Kime or Keem? Keem? I say Keem. A lot of people just say Kim. I say Keem. I think Keem is good. <clears throat> um, but who knows? Maybe he did find it. But, um... So, I'm going to kind of get into now why he's hated by the Daedra. And I think this, this is something Rhett and I were talking about yesterday. And a lot of people, they'll play the Elder Scrolls um, f- for yeah. Oblivion. Yeah. Then they'll play the Elder Scrolls Five, and they'll be like, oh, it's all doing the World Eater. He's oh, so dangerous. He's going to destroy it. And then, you know, it's Mayrune staying on. Here he comes. Like, Well, at- first it's Mayrune's, then it's Alduin. Yeah, then it's Alduin. So Mayrune's comes in Oblivion, and he, you know... He opens all those portals at first. He's like, look at my master plan. Yeah. To open a lot of doorways for one guy to go in and pillage and get these orbs that he can... In- They're his super powerful, with. yeah. And then this guy's just going to have a bunch of fucking awesome enchanted weapons. He's going to have a sword. It's going to be like a sword he got at the beginning of the game, but it gives him water breathing. It gives him uh, fire damage, lightning damage, and frost damage. And then at damage. the end, he's literally going to summon the Avatar of Akatosh, which is going to kick my ass. Oh, is that what happens? Yep never beaten it <laughs> that's okay i don't do the main quests i know god what the hell is wrong with i don't you? I, you know they're usually really good thinking on it i haven't even done the main quest in fallout 3 like, <sighs> i never beat it <laughs> you yeah. can skip so much you can go straight to the garage in fallout 3 i did the main <laughs> quest in new vegas okay that's okay that rectifies everything okay the yeah. main quest in new vegas is fucking amazing <laughs> um so wait, okay, so where we're going with why Vivek would be hunted by the Daedra, and why we're talking about Alduin and Mehrunes Dagon. So at some point, Vivek, Amalexia, and Sothasil were so powerful, they essentially made every single Daedra Lord their bitch. The Daedra Lords would show up and get really mad. They'd be like, what? You claim you're a god? I'm gonna throw another god at you that's this giant rock. <laughs> Which is a god, by the way. That that <laughs> rock floating in Morrowind is actually a god. I just want to let you guys know that. Named Baldur. <laughs> Dude, I, I said that one time to... God, who was it I got in an argument with about that? And then what really sucked is at the time, I wasn't aware of the wiki. So, like, I couldn't go on and just, like, show him. So I'm fucking, like, playing Morrowind, like, scouring all Trying the books to, find to, like, the, find yeah. something that, like, proved my point. I think it was Cody, my old roommate, who... At one point, he he made it his goal. Like, when e-readers first came out, he, like, found a file that had every Morrowind book, like, every Elder Scrolls book in uh-huh. it, and he put it on his e-reader, and, like, that's all he read for, like, months. He just read... <laughs> it's there. Baldur is a god. That, yeah. that stone floating that they hollow out to make, like... The Ministry of Truth. The Ministry of Truth. <laughs> I love that. <sighs> Where they essentially reprogram you. Um, yeah, dude. Gotta pray the day away. <gasps> I think it was, was it Mayrune's Dagon that threw that? 
It was one of the the major Daedra gods. It was either Mayrun's Dagon or uh, another guy. He's one of the pillars of <clears throat> the House of Troubles. Yes, one of the pillars of the House of Troubles was like, "Screw you, dude! I'm gonna throw this god at you because I'm pissed." Vivek basically walks out, casts one alteration spell, and stops it in time. Proceeds to become giant, like he grows to an enormous size, <laughs> and beats the shit out of this guy. <laughs> And then basically goes, okay, all of your servants are my servants. This is what Vivek did. <laughs> so imagine Alduin coming back well, in the Vivek. time the tribunal yeah, was yeah. around. And he would just be like, yeah. oh, you're the world eater? Here, I'm going to put you in this cage. All of your dragons are my bitch. I know. I don't I even know. want you to speak anymore because you can't. And by the way, I just learned all of your shouts. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm the Dragonborn. Now, I'm the, I, and now I'm a Dragonborn because I'm Vivek. Like, this is how powerful the tribunal actually was. <sighs> it is. It is part of the reason why I find them so fascinating. Out of all of the other like gods in the realm, because they were literally just people. They were yeah. just mer. Yeah. They were ordinary mer, like any of the Dunmer you see in the game. But like Geo. Yeah. Like Geo. <laughs> But they, they, they tap into this heart that literally, it's the heart of Lorcan though. So it's, it's basically the guy that created Nern. He tricked the rest of the, the Adra and Daedra. Yeah. Every, he tricked everyone into creating it. And then basically, they were like, you fucker. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's referred to as the trickster all the time. Because he's just like, he's like, Hey guys, I've got a grand plan. We can make this super amazing universe that's going to be, make you way more powerful, but, by the way, it's going to take a portion of your life essence, and it's going to be stuck there. For <laughs> hey, what was that, Lurkin? What did you just say? Uh, yeah, it's, it'll make you powerful. So, in for punishment, because all the Daedra and Aja were pissed, they tore him apart and threw his body parts everywhere. The heart happened to land at Red Mountain, and that's what the Dwemer found. And that's what Vivek and Omlexi and Sothisil used to gain their divinity. So it explains why they're so powerful. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it it's also just helps the that they're smart too. Like, yeah, they're not fucking dumbasses. Like Vivek proves himself time and time and again to be a philosopher and a well thought person. You yeah, know? like he doesn't make stupid decisions, except for like he makes a few mistakes. Maybe for like you he know, gets uh, betraying Nerevar and assuming divinity, but mm -hmm. well, they well, yeah, that's why he decided. Almalexi and Sotha still st uh, after that remained golden skinned. And silver-eyed. Vivek was like, I'm going to take half this curse because I feel bad. Mm -hmm. I feel like out of the tribunal, the reason why he's still around is because he was the one with a conscience. Like, he actually questioned his motives, whereas I feel like Sothasil and Amalexia were very, very selfish. Selfish mirth. I mean, yeah. they didn't want divinity just to help their people like Vivek did. They wanted divinity so they could be gods. Yeah. Power specifically which to be fair i mean it'd be hard to you? turn down like <laughs> i mean shit just like imagine like waking up and you like found you find yourself in the heart of red mountain you got like vivek on one side and like i don't know say almalexia on the other and they're like lee lee we're gonna do this we're gonna become gods yeah you know patron like, and saints to like, all imagine, of our people imagine like what's his name you know in the heart of mount doom and he's like and and his buddy's like cast it into the fire <laughs> Do it! Cast it! And then he's like, no. 
And then he turns around and he wears the ring and then like, you know, a couple years later he's like fucking murdered. And yeah. His, and then his children are like so ashamed because like they can see it and they're like, cast it into the fire. And they're like, my dad didn't cast it into the fire. <laughs> We're doomed. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, cast it into the fire either. But <laughs> I feel like Vivek though, he mentions how he was a junior counselor. At the time. So Sothasil had already been on the council for a long time. He's an accomplished wizard. You know, he knows what he's doing. Amalexia is the wife of Nerevar. You know, and a counselor. They're older. Vivek's essentially, you can view him as like a kid. It's like, he's like 20 years old, and these people come up to him, and they're like, Yeah, so, fuck that whole vow thing. (laughs) If we just do this act, we can kind of tell the... Adra and Daedra to go fuck themselves. <laughs> like. Yeah. And they do it. So he was kind of pressured into it. Yeah. I feel. Now, do you think the tribunal were all equal in power? Or do you think, like... Because honestly, like, I, I hold the belief that Vivek is obviously, like, just in essence of being, like, I think he was wiser. the wisest. Yeah, exactly. But Amalexia was the most powerful. Yeah. She gets in a close quarters combat with Mehrun's Dagon and stabs him through the heart with right. a scimitar. Like, I think the fight lasts like 10 seconds. <laughs> like, he, she just wins instantly. <laughs> so, I, well, I where was... where was she during the Oblivion Crisis? Oh, that's right, dead. Yeah, she was fucking dead. Killed by the reincarnation of, of the Nerevar? Yeah. Like, come on. Well, a she... reincarnation? She went insane. Bro. She sends assassins after you as soon as you get out of Satan. <laughs> she... She's just like, what? This guy might be Nerevar? Kill him! I'm super paranoid! I've had assassins in Satanity. <laughs> so, she doesn't she didn't wait for you to get off the Dude, boat. you know what's crazy, too, is none of the guards help you. They're in on it, dude. When they're like, oh, you got attacked by the Dark Brotherhood that we saw? That's who that was? Maybe you should go talk to this guy. Dude, we've talked about this before, so listeners, forgive me for... For... Reiterating's okay. But remember, we had this conversation about uh, the Emperor Septim who signed the release warrant for the Nereverine. Mm-hmm. What was his reasons for doing that? Um, his reasons for doing it was essentially because you just happened to fit the bill. And he, but I actually think that's why he was arrested in the first place and put in the prison. I like to imagine the the Nereverine, actually, the guy that's in the prison cell. He's just like some ordinary shopkeeper, or maybe he's a freaking beggar. Yeah. And suddenly these guys show up and they're just like, jail. And he's going, why? Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But how did, how <laughs> did, what, what was the sept, what, who was the emperor at the time of? It was Uriel, like the fourth? the fourth or third. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was the fourth. Uriel the fourth. So, but it was a Uriel though? It was a Uriel. Yeah. Absolutely. So, how did Uriel Septim know? He read a bunch... He basically learned a shit ton about the Morrowind province. So, according to what I've read... Right, because they were still in the process of, The king himself was doing a bunch of... Because they were trying to really take over Morrowind. Yeah. And the tribunal gods were a problem. are still hated. Yeah. But the tribunal was a problem. Uh... He knew, he's like, I can't get rid of these guys. Unless... Unless this Nerevarine prophecy actually is true. And I can use him as a a tool to take them down. So, in in essence, like, Caius is kind of right when he's like, I'm not really sure if you just are 
a really good imposter for this or if you actually are the reincarnate. And he's kind of like, I don't give a shit because tonight I'm going to smoke a bunch of skooma. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, I think it's kind of a little bit of both. Yeah. If you look at how long the reincarnate has been well, and coming it, around, it's thousands of years. It helps that, uh, like, there's a reason the septums are so fucking powerful, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's because they're smart people and they're, yeah. they understand magic and... They understand there's more to these prophecies than just, like, them being folklore. Yeah. You know? Um, he, he basically connected the dots. He's like, okay, the tribunal says the Nerevarine is, is bullshit coming back to avenge them. Yet they persecute and murder every single person that claims they're a Nerevarine. Okay. Yeah. So there's clearly something more to this. I'm going to investigate it further. Uh, hey, guards, ev- I want you to search through every single person that we have on record, and they've got to fit this criteria. You find him, you put him in this prison right now. That's exactly what he did. It has to be. This guy could have been a shopkeeper. He could have Dude, been you know a how, father. Like <laughs> You know how the conversation should have went in Oblivion then? When, when uh, Patrick Stewart... Septum. Patrick Stewart, Uriel Septim the Fifth. <laughs> when he comes was in, it the fifth? Which I, one is I honestly he? don't remember. How long was Oblivion after Morrowind? Like, <laughs> dude, I don't 200, know. 200, 400 years? Like, Skyrim yeah. is, like, well after. Dude, Skyrim is, like, 400 years yeah. after. Like, it's a long time. So, Patrick Stewart Septim, uh, when he comes through, he should have just been like, Oh, there's that prisoner I told you guys to look out for, because I knew I was going to die, and I told you. Yeah, he should have just been like, <laughs> he should have walked in and be like, told you guys! There he is! Hero of Kvetch! Hero of Kvetch right here! I planned it from the beginning. <laughs> I'm gonna die in like 30 minutes, by the way. Uh, Anyone got a beer? That, less than that. Some rats will probably kill me. Well, yeah. not rats. There's a lot of rats in this dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah he should have been just been like, yeah, I'm not even gonna leave this fucking cell. <laughs> I'm dead anyway. Dude, something I want to talk about, though, is what Rat talked about yesterday was... Nobody his- knows what I talked about. Well, I'm going to get to that. I'm oh, getting to it right now. Thank you. So, Rhett was saying that he found it really interesting that when he was first playing Morrowind, <laughs> um, he kept reading these books where they were talking about Vivek. Like, he was a dude. People like, some were talking guy. about him. Yeah, and it's like, and, it's like you're reading stuff, and it's like, this, this like person is talking about Vivek like it's a place. This person or book is talking about Vivek like it's a person. And you're just like, wait a minute. But, what? What? But... What's going on? Why? Like, and I, and I just attributed it to being like, I had bug. this moment too. It's a bug. <laughs> this is like, real. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people have, uh, moments like this in this game yeah. where they're playing it for the first time. They're like, Oh, Vivek, the city. And then they get a book and it's like, and then Vivek did this yeah. and he helped the poor farmer get all the muck out of the muck tube things or yeah, some shit. Yeah. And you're like, wait, so is it a dude? Well, and then I remember <laughs> seeing the books, the books, the 36 lessons of Vivek. Of Vivek, and yeah. and it was like, and all I could imagine was like, you know, some homeless person like writing these books and being like, "Here's the lessons I learned on the streets of Vivek." Yeah, like because <laughs> you don't know it's a god, and then you go through the tribunal quest, and they're just like, "You're like, who's Vivek?" And it's like, "Oh, he's one of our leading patrons, patrons uh, and saints. Like, he's literally our living god." And you're just like, "Holy shit, this guy is, he's actually alive." This city is named after a person. I or, think, <laughs> or the city's alive. The city is a person. No, there's an account. Oh my god, oh, I'm so glad you said that because there's an account in one of one of the one of 
Vivek's 36 lessons in one of them, he goes, he starts talking about how he feels everyone walking around in his city like it's his body. He feels the transactions taking place, the water moving through, all of the people living and breathing in him like they're an ecosystem. So Vivek definitely has a connection to that city to the point where it is an extension of his body. Yeah. It essentially is his body. I mean, he's a god. <laughs> so wherever you are in Vivek City, Vivek knows. That's he knows hot. where you are. You're in him. You're in him. Do you think that's why it's named Vivek? Pro- probably. Pro- po- possibly. What we're making fun of, by the way, is one time Rat did a podcast with my brother about Dota, and it was great. It was like an hour and a half, and Rat went to edit it. I shit you not, I was like, I can retire off of this one episode. It's a masterpiece. And Go ahead, keep telling the story. He goes to start editing it, he starts playing it. And for a while, it's good. And all of a sudden... Yeah, it's like 20 minutes in. Max's voice just starts going, pop, pop, possibly, pop, 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 possibly, pop, possibly, over all of the recording. <laughs> and you <laughs> could still hear what was going on underneath, but just with, possibly, 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 like over and over and oh, over. Oh, God, I hope we didn't curse this yeah. podcast No, episode. no. It was honestly, I'll tell you what it was. Uh, it's because that was one of the few podcasts that I recorded over Skype using a recording app that I wasn't familiar with uh, and was just all around kind of garbage anyways. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, when you and I have done our episodes of A Game at Dinner over Skype, you recorded your half, I recorded my half, and then we combined them. The sound quality was amazing, but uh, Max didn't want to do that. So what did you guys do? So I used a third-party app to record the Skype call. Because that you, sounds like Max. You used to be able, <laughs> you used to be able to record uh, all sounds played through your computer in like the stereo mixer on Windows. You used to be mm-hmm. able to like do that and record them as separate tracks and edit them as such and all that. But because of anti-piracy laws, Microsoft was like, "No, fuck you. You can't uh-huh. do that anymore." So now you have to use like an app, like a third party app to record mm-hmm. only the stuff that's coming through Skype. And because of that, it's limited on Skype's reliability instead of your computer's reliability. Okay. Oh, God. And <laughs> don't get me wrong, Skype is very reliable, but in this instance, it cost me an hour of my life. And honestly, like. Not, uh, you know, I wasn't serious. I wasn't going to be able to retire off of it, but it was single-handedly, like, the proudest, like, podcast I ever... Like, when I was done talking, I was just blown away. I was like, this will That's be... That's because Max is is actually insanely knowledgeable. Of, about Dota 2. About Dota 2. I honestly believe... Fuck you, Max. Hope you listen to this. Right, yeah. I honestly believed that it was the best Dota 2 podcast I had ever heard. And at the time, <laughs> there was only a few. There wasn't many. But the ones that were out were really fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. I, I learned everything I knew about Dota from Max and these other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And Max so, yelling at you to yeah. get that last hit. Last hit! Get the last hit! It's your third game! Why aren't you at 70 CS at 8 minutes? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, yeah! Just, I, I just, like, exploded oh, the mic right now. We just, now. like, start so- sobbing. Yeah. Like, we have, we have our flashbacks. 
Max yelling at us. Oh my god. You even run me! You don't know how to pull? You don't know what pulling is? P pulling! P -p -pull pulling! P -p pulling! Possibly. 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 So something else I want to talk about. Everyone's like, just turned off the podcast. Yeah, they're just like, fuck you dudes. You guys aren't even talking about Marwind anymore. So, Vivek's Seven Graces, which can be read in Saryani's sermons. Hey. The Arch Cannon of the Temple when you play. Well, what, what are you doing? What's All right, so... Uh, wait, wait, real quick, sorry. Uh, we pause it right there. Uh, the seven uh, things of Vivek, that'll be talked about next episode. Yeah, the seven Sorry graces. for the confusion. Yeah. We're going to keep rolling. Lee's got something for you. So, I'm going to start doing kind of a, a class of the, the podcast. Um, so, it's every episode I'll, I'll talk about a class that I made that I think is cool. Um, and this particular one is called an Armored Monk. So... What's interesting about this class is that you you pick medium armor. Uh, prefer that you pick an imperial because they have the absorb fatigue, which is extremely useful for the hand to hand that is required if you're going to be a monk. Um, so this is what you'd put in major: medium armor, hand to hand, acrobatics, athletics, and speechcraft. And then in minor, you'd want mercantile, blunt, spear, armor, and light armor. I'll give you blunt. Oh, God. Rhett's just disgusting, you guys. I would ignore him if I were you. It's a weed joke. Here, because it's 420. <laughs> Here's two bucks. Can I get that, that blunt? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the reason why I say light armor, and this is where the class gets kind of interesting, um, is that you need something that's going to give you some agility. This, this class is going to start with low agility, which means you'll get knocked down a lot. You don't want that. So what you do is you do four pieces of medium armor and four pieces of light armor as as you choose, and you'll gain a certain amount of agility and a certain amount of endurance every level. If you feel like you're not gaining enough agility, you can always equip a shield, train it up with your light armor, and, and use a mace. But the, the way I, I play this class specifically is I, I punch people until they fall down, and then I switch to my mace, and then I just kind of beat them with it. You know, while they're down. Or you can use a spear and poke them. Can I say the best part about Lee describing how to play the character is him pantomiming? Yeah, I literally do. Every, no one can see it, but Rex He's like moving his like, fist and he's like, I punch people until they're down. And then he looks at me and then he's like, and then I pull out my mace. And it then he helps pantomimes me describe it better. <laughs> if I didn't do that, it would just sound like then this. Then he was pantomiming. And then I punch the guy. No, watch. And then while he's down... Watch how I, I do it. Watch how I do it. Fuck you, Red. I punch a guy until he's down. Then I pull out my mace. But you can't do it without those facial expressions. <laughs> By condescending <laughs> yeah, facial expressions. You. Like, here's how you talk without moving your hands. I can't <laughs> help it. It's a part of me! Although, to be fair, my descriptions of it sounded completely bullshit compared to yours. I was well, just that's because like, I've been playing Arr. it. It's, it's fucking awesome. You just punch the shit out of things, they fall over, you pull your mace out, and you just start smacking them. And so you gain strength. It's a good way to grind up skill. certain stats. Yeah, exactly. Like So, like, you're going to gain speed, strength, endurance, and agility every level. At least two points. And you level really fast with this class. And I've just found it to be really fun because you're you're also very quick. You can move around the map and at a, at a decent speed. You're not moving at snail speed. Um, and 
it's it's fun to maintain your armor and stuff. I actually really like that. I've I always end up playing a mage and I'm just like, well, time to use restoration skills and just like fortify everything. Fuck yeah, it. And yeah. then I'm gonna have constant effect enchanted rings that heal me four to five hit points every second. I'm indestructible, and then you walk into a room and get killed by the Black Dark Gang. Exactly. So I think this actually concludes uh the tenth and eleventh episode here. <laughs> the tenth and eleventh episode, uh episode ten, the eleventh episode. Yeah, of a game at dinner. It's it's over. Yeah, it's We're been done. a blast. We're so happy to be back and we yeah. have plenty more episodes uh coming up for you guys, so uh please keep listening, please keep keep checking into the uh, Morrowind subreddit. And uh and for those of you guys interested, um in the RP rules that we've developed, we promise they're almost done. They will be available shortly if they are not already. Um, we uh, are in the process of basically just uploading all of this stuff right now online. And uh, we're going to make it available to everyone on the Morrowind subreddit and on our website. So check that out if you're interested. We talked about it in episode one and uh, two, I think. The episode yeah. zero and I also want to point out that Rhett brought himself a beer and he brought me a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> So I'm not really sure how this is fair. No. Rhett's like, hey, I'm going to drink this beer. You can get fucking wasted. Tell me again how Vivek, Vivek turns into a giant and fights people, Lee. He gets wasted. Pantomime it. <laughs> <laughs> I, and for everyone, I just like put my hands out and was like... Uh, and then he kicked my cat. Yeah, and I threw it and stuff. That didn't happen. <laughs> no. That didn't happen. I love Luna. We She's love great. cats. She, yeah. They're cool. Anyway, thanks a lot for sticking around and uh please look forward to the next episode and as always you can contact us we're on twitter uh we're at a game at dinner wait you can contact me uh lee at at reddit at uh, a game at dinner underscore air yeah that's that's my uh reddit handle and my handles on everything are is ret is awesome r-e-t-t is awesome that's on reddit that's on twitter that's all that stuff because he's really egotistical he basically only cares about himself yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would use the hard by the way to make yeah, sure you would. don't exist. Uh, uh, Air yeah. stands for Awesome Internet Radio, which is where you can find all of these other wonderful podcasts like Cinnamon. And wow, um, thank you for that pitch, Lee. What what uh what what other ones are there? You have Duel more. of Taints. Duel of Taints with uh, his brother-in-law Kane. Yeah, and they talk about Star Wars and stuff mostly. Yeah. Yep. You can hear Lee say something to the effect of Boba Fett sucks. And uh, Rilo Ken, I believe. He Rilo was Ken. Cool, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was a cool villain. <laughs> and Balamu, Balaboo Okay, Marby. so we're actually done with the podcast yeah, 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 now. Yeah, it's it's over. Okay, tune in next week. <laughs>